Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. I am your host, Blazik, aka Sober Guy Journal. And I'm Julia, also known as That One Sober Friend on TikTok. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change anything except to feel more emotionally slow down. Life's a merry go round. Things ain't merry when you're going through the motions, fulfillment, lies, and emotions. So why go through life unavailable? Of like you're unavailable. All four limbs. This had it, I've been and um, that takes up a lot of your brain power. You yeah. can't really be thinking about anything else. And Lord knows you definitely can't be holding a phone when you're trying to climb. Right. Yeah, that's that's definitely something you got to be fully in on. Um, yeah. That, it's I, such I, a relief during that time. That's how basketball is for me. Like, mm. just go out there, instinct, just kind of get in the flow of stuff. One of the few times a week you can just, like, fully, fully unplug. Because, like, even when I'm watching Netflix, I'm scrolling. I'm, I'm Oh, speaking of, let's talk about it. You're off the, off the socials for a week. I'm off the socials for a week, and I'm doing that because my new role starts this week. Um, and I've just been meaning to, to take a break for a while now. So I feel like this is a good, a good excuse. excuse. Um, but it's been nice. Like today, I feel happier today. And I really? know that, I know that those two things go hand in hand. What is it? I think it's like, instead of my my mentality today has just been julia do your best versus like julia is your best better than all these other people that you're seeing mm. on the internet how long have you been off a day or did you start earlier literally just today okay so you're just not getting that live comparison like oh my gosh exactly. they've already gone to the gym and journaled and <laughs> and this person got promoted and this person b bought a house over the weekend and this, you know, they're gotcha. having a baby. Like it's, it's more, I just knew what I had to do today. I knew I had these meetings. I achieved yeah. them. And now I feel accomplished because that's all that I was focused on was just my, my things. It is wild being in bat mode. That's what I call it when I go off the grid is like bat mode, like to the cave. Um, cause it's just, yeah, it's, it's weird when you're just like, okay, so I can't do anything for the clout and it's, I, I would like to think I'm not a clout chaser, but I mean, I'm posting for some reason, right? Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm posting for some reason. And so, um, for at the very least, like engagement slash validation. Yeah. Stay relevant. Stay top of mind. Mm -hmm. I have that thought a lot. Like, oh, I don't want it. So when I was off social, I think I made it two months. It was pretty long. Um, December, it was like December, January, I think. Mm -hmm. Came that back in right. February. Um, yeah, that was that was what I was most, if you want to say, worried about. Is like, I felt like I was forgetting people that I'd mm. see on social. Because I formed so many relationships that are that I realized are purely on Instagram. Yeah. And then I was like, when I got back on, I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot about this person because I've never met them in real life. Our relationship only existed on Instagram. Right. So 
when I was gone too, I was like, I wonder how many people are like, I mean, it's crazy. Like you unfollow. I don't know if you've ever done this, but there's been times where I'll see someone's stuff every day for years and then I unfollow them and then maybe they pop up on like a suggested thing. And I like, oh my gosh, like I forgot that person existed. Mm-hmm. It's weird. We just like create well, our, our little world. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is like necessarily what you were saying, but I do, I do try to go out of my way to protect my social media world. Like I mute people so quick. Do you know what muting is? <laughs> yeah. When you follow yeah. them still, but like you can't see their shit. Oh yeah. I have so many people, dozens and dozens and dozens of people muted. I'm like, you post one thing that makes me feel some type of way, makes me like question my worth or makes me like, gives me body image, negative, something like that. Um, gone, (laughs) just gone. I I have no patience anymore for that. And I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So I don't unfollow them. Um, but I have, I just call it like protecting my peace. Yeah. And that's a huge way that I protect my peace. I've like thought about that before. Like, what if I unfollowed everyone, including my friend? I would never do this. I've just thought about what it would be like. Unfollow everyone and then rebuild my algorithm to what I would want it to be. That's, that's my, that's what I did with my social, uh, my sober page um. on Instagram versus my personal page on Instagram. Like my personal feed is like the more triggering. It's very, yeah. It's just like it's a lot of like me comparing myself to other people and versus my sober profile. I don't. First of all, I don't follow a lot of people. Like period. I think on my personal page, I follow over a thousand people. Mm-hmm. On my sober page, I follow maybe two hundred. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, and so it's like it's very. Um, it's a safer space, I feel, over yeah. there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but, like, so much of it anymore isn't even what we follow. It's just, like... Suggested things. Yeah, suggested things. And then they know that they can trigger us and we'll stay. That That is kind of a bummer. Because mm-hmm. that's <laughs> that's the, the name of the game. But, you know, it's all good. Um, did you do sober stuff this weekend? You did, right? I did. I went to that event called Daybreaker on Sunday, which I've been to before. I went to the one in 2022, but it was a much smaller venue. This time it was at the Field Museum, which is like one of the biggest museums in Chicago. Um, That's where you can see like the dinosaurs, Mm. the skeletons of the dinosaurs. Fossils. (laughs) Is there a word for that? Fossils. fossils um we're struggling so that was cool today. yeah yeah we are this is i feel like this always happens when we do <laughs> monday evening recordings um but yeah so this so daybreaker if you guys don't know it starts at 5 30 in the morning and it's an hour of yoga and then at 6 30 it goes from yoga to dancing and it's like house music <laughs> at 6 30 in the morning so it's electric Yes. And like everyone's dressed like this year's theme was like monochrome. So everyone was wearing like one 
one mm. color. They were suggesting like neon colors if you could. Um, and there was different dancers and acts that came out and there was so many non-alcoholic beverage options everywhere. It was super fun and I got to meet new sober people, which always just like warms my heart. It's like not advertised as a sober thing, but oh, there's really? no there's no alcohol served and they did this both times that like well it's just like they 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 kind of make this comment of how beautiful it is for us to come together and you know do the yoga and do and dance you know mm -hmm. not judge ourselves and and dance and let loose without substance they do make that gotcha. comment but only when already you're there it's not like something that's put on the the social media post beforehand yeah um but yeah it was super fun and i like i'm sure i'm gonna keep doing it every year just because it's always a really cool oh so experience. it's a once a year thing so they tour it's a it's a gotcha. tour and they um i know next weekend they're gonna be in austin texas um they also did new york i think they've already done los angeles maybe i could be that could be not accurate but if you check out their instagram um i have them tagged and stuff then you'll be able to check it out but it's it's wild and oh and they have like live musicians in addition to the dj they have like a live saxophone trumpet trombone player and they kind of go cool. go through the crowd and it's crazy so yeah have you ever been to a sober bar or like a alcohol free bar. Hmm. I've been to pop ups. I gotcha. haven't been to a like an actual. Oh well, my one friend, she owns um, Bendicion Bar, which is like a a non alcoholic liquor store slash bar slash like plant store. Um, but no, I haven't been to just like a freestanding. That sounds cool. non-alcoholic bar. I'm gonna try and go next month since I'm gonna be in Austin for all of April. I'm like, yeah, let's let's go try. I'm gonna try and dive into the sober scene there. I think it'll be oddly like easier because it's not my city. Mm. Like I don't know if you've ever felt that when I go to different I see, cities. I could see that being the case. I haven't thought about it, but I could see that being the case. Yeah, when I go to different cities, I just feel like I can be. Or maybe even bigger cities. KC's big, but it's not that big, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like, I think it's a couple million people, but also everyone is in the same. There's like four neighborhoods that you would go out to. Okay. If that makes sense. So Yeah, no, it does. Um, so it kind of shrinks real quick as far also, as. Also, I feel like there's like our regular life version of ourselves and then like our vacation version of ourselves. Oh, yeah. I think that's, I have a theory of, around that, like. You know when you go somewhere and you're like, oh, I'm going to move here. Like every, everybody does that. Mm -hmm. I, my theory behind that is that you're not the same person at home that you are when you're on vacation. You're, mm. you're more open to new experiences. You're more willing to push yourself and get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. It's like if you could live in your own city with a tourist vacation mindset. mindset 
then it might be a little different in your own city. But it's just like routine in your own city. And literally in a new city when you're on vacation, you're just doing everything new. Right. Like everything is new. It's a new grocery store. It's a new gas station. It's. A, mm-hmm. I went to a new grocery store last night just because I was like, I need to shake my routine up. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess it was it was cool. Like <clears throat> voice crack. Um, it was cool. Like I felt I did feel like it was a new experience, which is super silly for a grocery store. This kind of reminds me of like when I was abroad. I was a different person when I was abroad. Um, I studied in Spain the second semester of my junior year in college, and I just had no fear when I was over there. Like, I was like, I mean, I'm I'm sure alcohol had something to do with this, but <laughs> I was like walking the streets by myself at night. Like, I just thought that I was invincible. And um, it was the, I think, yes, alcohol had something to do with it, but I wasn't drinking all the time. There was definitely a lot of the time where, like, I feel like I was just on this high from, like, I live in Spain. I'm going to live in Spain for five months. Like, that's crazy. And it was one of the best times of my life. And I think it's just because I, I let myself, you know think outside of the box outside of like my regular everyday we just had a episode about how cool like routine and consistency is and now we're completely backtracking on that but you you guys know what i mean that'll be the title of this episode (laughs) actually routine is not sexy (laughs) take it back (laughs) but there's also something to be said too about like when you're in a new city i think I, i mean at least i carry this like vibe of no one knows me here so i can be whoever mm, or that's i can totally be true. what i especially want because like there's a day that i'm going to go home yeah and then <laughs> and then, and then i go don't back. then i can go back yeah i this isn't permanent i can i can go back and be my regular monday through friday self but for now i'm on vacation i'm gonna be vacation julia isn't that wild i wonder what that is if there's like a word for that like we could just that, wake up today or every day and just be like, okay, I'm gonna be. Like we could do that every day, technically. I know. But there's something about the geography. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I struggle with it bad because I I always think, oh, I'll be happier if I live in this city. Oh, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I need to go to this place for a vacation. Mm-hmm. Like I have, but that that is actually something that I've heard a lot in the addiction community is. They call it like geographical fix where Mm -hmm. you just assume that if you move away, all your problems are going to go away. I definitely understand like removing yourself from a certain environment until you're mentally stable enough to not go back to the same habits that you have been ingrained in your life for however many months or years or whatever. Um, If you do that. Right. But like, like if you I, move... I could see like that why people would go to like a different state for for rehab because yeah. you at least need time to build a foundation of like feeling mentally sound. Right. Because it's kind of hard to it's kind of the same concept, I guess, as when I took my initial 30 day break from alcohol. 
it was like, I don't even know how bad this is affecting me until I remove it. And then I understand how bad yeah. it's affecting me. Yeah. You know, like that reminded me of some funny videos I've been seeing lately that I, I don't know if the algorithm algorithm is just giving them to me because I chuckle at them and like them, but you know, cause it knows all that shit, but it's, it's people 25, 30 and they're like, damn it. Like, I hate to admit this, but I haven't drank since January and like, I feel so good and I'm pissed about it. I've seen several videos where they're like pissed because mm. they feel so good that they're sober. I don't know if they're really pissed or if they're just kind of being silly. Right. But yeah. They're like making a joke of it a little bit. Yeah. But, but they're, they're like, I didn't know how bad I felt. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. Like, God damn it. <laughs> well, I, I could relate to like, I'm doing air quotes, like being mad at myself because for a long time, I don't think this is what those creators are saying, but like for a long time, I really, it really set in on me that like I was doing it to myself. I was, you know, mentally not sound and always sad and depressed mm. because I was drinking on the weekends. And it wasn't until that 30 day break that I was like, oh, I'm doing this. This isn't like some outside source. I mean, there is to a certain extent, but I'm not making my situation any better by drinking every weekend. Right. Yeah, we, yeah, I, I listened to, or uh, a listener reached out last night and she was saying that she was like, you know, I, I'm kind of regretting not doing it sooner. She's yeah. 26 or 27, I think. Um, but it's like, we're so far ahead of the generation before us where some of them are realizing it now at age 45, 50. But right. we're for sure really the first era of or first generation of of people that are young and just getting sober because right no, no Dewey's like I mean because everyone's done stupid shit when they drink for sure mm -hmm. we're not mm -hmm. the first generation just be like oh I texted someone or I mean I guess right. they I wonder if they like drunk called and we're like hey is Julia home like because you know your parents were oh of answer. course <laughs> they drunk called of Whoa, course they drunk would, called that would be wild like because you have to ask for them like imagine imagine how many roommates were like you're not talking to her oh. literally yeah no i think that that was a common occurrence it feels far away but it actually really wasn't that long ago it was like 15 years ago right whoo wild um but yeah like we're the we're the first generation just getting sober because Sorry, I was just thinking like like booty call. Like it was a booty call, not like a booty text uh, booty that you get on a Friday night. No, Ooh, no, no. It was a booty right. call. God, the nerves. Like just a like you can send that text and throw your phone to the other side of the couch <laughs> and be like, oh, I'll check that in five minutes. But to just yeah. be like, yo. Well, now that sounds <laughs> super brave to do something like that. Um, yeah, to have a lot of nerve to do something like that. Yeah. Um, we're, this is like, so, it is what it is. Just accept it. <laughs> it's, They're wild. We're, yeah, we have a little too much accessibility at this point. Yeah. I guess this kind of goes back to like, we're kind of staying on a theme here of like removing things 
removing yourself from situations to kind of get a good grasp on what's actually happening. Like I was, I feel like since the beginning of the year, like me going through this breakup and this transition, I've been spending a lot of time on my phone. And I think, I don't know if it's like a comfort thing. I think it is a comfort thing, but it's a yesterday, numbing thing. Yeah. And yesterday I was just feeling like, I guess just like not good about myself. Like I was having like some confidence issues yesterday. Not when I was at Daybreaker, but like afterwards, like I had taken a nap and then I woke up and then the rest of the day I was just like not in a good mood, not feeling it. And like the, I think being on my phone was making it so much worse like if anything i probably should have like gone outside and gone for a walk and whatever so now me committing to this week which like i'm literally just doing monday through like my work week i'm just gonna do monday through friday um and i think i'll be i'll be good and i'll be committed i'll be able to do it but unless it's like sober january for you and you just never touch your phone again that would be amazing (laughs) (laughs) honestly but um Yeah, it's just like even after one day, I'm just seeing like my mood is way better. And it's a Monday. I mean, how many people can say they're in like a great mood on a Monday? That's pretty rare. I'm going to join you with that today. Like I'm I'm there. But I just like I when I last night I put on my calendar uh, like a big old green block and it said just just do your best. Mm -hmm. And like I've just been referring to that all day. And I'm just like, okay, with kind of whatever happens. I'm just, whatever I'm in, I'm just trying to be there. Like on this call with you, I'm just trying to be here. On my calls earlier, I was just trying to be in. And if, and if I just do that all day, it's like the day kind of goes by. I'm not anticipating problems. I'm, I'm like realizing I'm super bad about that. Just trying to anticipate problems. I like the, I think you posted this yesterday on your story, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, you were like when a negative thought comes in your head of like, I should be doing more or like, you know, whatever it may be being like, whoa, okay. Harsh, <laughs> like yeah. self, like chill out. Okay. I'm like doing the best that I can right now. Why don't we just see it from that perspective? And I've yeah. heard, I've heard before that when you like call out these negative, cause we can't really control our thoughts, right? They kind of just, not at all they happen but we can control how we react to them that's the that's the power that we have so i remember i was listening to this podcast this one time and it was specifically talking about relationships and this woman says that she was finding a lot of like comfort and guidance when let's say she was experiencing jealousy like a jealous thought came into her head she starts comparing herself you know it can be this like negative you know, snowball effect down, you know, and get bigger and bigger. But instead, she would think to herself, she like calls out like, oh, hello, jealousy. (laughs) I haven't seen you in a while. I haven't felt you in a while. Where's where's this coming from? And when she did that, she sort of disconnected the fact of like, I am jealous to I'm experiencing some jealousy in this moment, but that's not who I am. That's it's interesting, like detaching from the the feeling. Yeah. Like this yeah. isn't me, this is 
something I'm observing. Which I'm hoping that, you know, I kind of want to have that sort of relationship with like when I'm experiencing like depressive symptoms, being mm. like maybe not having to, not saying anyone else has to do this, people listening, but just like maybe I'm going to try this being like, I am not depressed. I am experiencing some depressive symptoms right now. Yeah. And then I feel like when I say it to myself that way, it could be more of I'm experiencing this right now, which means it's going to end. Mm -hmm. It's only temporary. I don't know. It's funny you bring that up because I've been having that thought a lot recently is like, it's only temporary, no matter what, mm -hmm. good, bad. And it sounds so silly and I, I bring it up all the time, but it's like, the main teacher of that to me is the cold shower. It's like my body is in panic every single day in the cold mm -hmm. shower. But I, I know, like if I can tell myself it's temporary, like the only way I wouldn't be able to handle it is if I thought it was forever. Then I would have to bail or, what, you know, whatever that looks like. But right. I know it's not forever. And it's the same with any of this, like especially for sobriety, it's like the cravings the the sadness the anxiousness it's gonna come it's, it's gonna, gonna go, go. Mm -hmm. the good times they're gonna come they're gonna go it's all and then, just this... and they're gonna come back like my yeah. um my friend Steph she's the one that runs um the online community steady Sundays those are the meetings that I attend online and um oh, she said this really great she got this quote from a book she was reading. And it was just like, she was giving me this advice because I was like crying on the, on the zoom call from, from my breakup. I was having a really hard moment. And she was saying that it was like this quote of like, you know, in the winter, we think the summer is never going to come, but it always does. Mm -hmm. And then in the summer, we always are thinking like, it's so hot. The winter's never going to come, but then it does. Yeah. It just like it feels far away just because you're not in that moment. And also an added layer of like comfort with that is, you know, just like the good times are going to come back, you know, they're also going to leave, but then they're going to come back again. It's just like yeah. rolling with the rolling with the ebbs and the flows. It's just like. For me that's acceptance and that gives me peace of mind instead of having to be like control 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 try to control every situation yeah. i end up just breaking my own heart anyways it's it's attachment it's it's yeah. detaching from anything the good the bad like it's coming it's going but if you can kind of that doesn't mean you don't get invested in things it doesn't mean you don't try it doesn't mean any of that it just means while this is here in this moment, I will give you what I can give you. I'll give you effort. I'll give you all of my effort. But I'm also going to be aware Whoop. that this can be gone at right. some point. And whatever that is, you know, whether like if it's anxiety, like maybe I don't want to give it all my effort, but like I understand it's here. This is it then it's going to be gone. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of peace in that. Like, I don't know if you could relate to this, but like 
one of my biggest fears when I was a kid was living forever. Like the mm. thought of never dying, just living forever terrified me. So there's almost like this weird peace that comes with things coming and things going that I can't even put a label on. But it, it's almost just like if nothing bad ever happened in life, then life wouldn't be very fulfilling or exciting. Like you have to have the lows to have the highs. And that's almost how I look at life. Even as a kid, like I remember having these deep thoughts as like a 10 year old. Just mm-hmm. like, what if I live forever, there's no point to this. Right. And it's just like super scary as a kid. Yeah, it's like almost because life is so short, that's what makes it so important and so meaningful. It, like that's, that fact in itself. Because like what would we, if we lived forever, there would be no point. And it would literally just be paying your bills. That would be the point of life is pay the bills. Yeah, and it's like, why Why would you ever get sober? Yeah, you know, you're just going to live forever. You're just going to live forever. Like, there's no... Do it next year. Right. Oh, that's strange to think about. Like, maybe it's that I'm, or we're, I don't know which one to use, but we're interpreting control differently. Like, what we should be... The thing we that that we can control is the understanding and the acceptance that everything is temporary versus like us actually trying to control the environment and then the people around us like that's not the type of control we're supposed to be recognizing that we have us us is what we can control and that type of energy that we're using to try to control all these outside things that's kind of wasted energy and it could be going towards something a lot more useful yeah i mean it could literally just like i don't know how this is all philosophy on like how you want to live but it could literally just go to observing there's some people that are you know monks they're just going to observe like Mm -hmm. oh that's like they're not really going to try and change anything. I know there's a lot of monks that go like volunteer and stuff like that, but just like in the the general sense it's just like whoop, just observe the, everything. The the guys that are on Last Drinks podcast, mm-hmm. um Will and Mitch. Mitch has shout been traveling. Out. Yeah, shout out guys. Um Mitch has been traveling and he did some type of I'm sorry, Mitch. I don't remember exactly what it was called, but he did some type of like silent retreat. Yeah, my buddy and did one of those. Yeah. Oh my God. How incredible would that experience be? I feel like. He said that a lot of people cracked on like day four or five. He did a 10, my buddy did a 10 day. Okay. Um, and I guess like day three or four is kind of where people start going crazy or you get through it. But did you know in these silent retreats, that they're not allowed to read, they're not allowed to journal, they're not allowed to make eye contact. So it's not just, it's not that you're not just speaking, you're not reading, you're not writing, you're not making eye contact, none of it. It's just you. Just you. Just you and your thoughts. And some white rice. Ooh, that's scary. (laughs) (laughs) That's scarier than living forever. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, I swear, like, I... I wouldn't um, do well with that. 
I've had nightmares where like I'm in, I feel like solitary confinement is the worst type mm. of torture because I just don't, it would take so, so much practice for me to not drive myself to insanity. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty inhumane. Like, they really save that, hopefully, for the people that need it in prisons and stuff. Because, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty rough thing to, to do to someone. I, I, like, went through this YouTube phase where I was, like, watching these you know, people that once spent time in prison and then are now out of prison and have mm -hmm. been out of prison and, you know, they were reformed. Is that the right word? They went through reform. Um, and they were oh. saying that the one, the one girl that I watch all the time, she was saying that like she was put into some type of solitary confinement, I think for 30 days. And she was like that. She was like, I saw awful things. I think she spent two and a half years in prison. She was like, I saw some really awful things. Nothing compared to that time. Yeah. And that just goes to show, like, our minds are crazy. <laughs> yeah, and they they need connection. They definitely... Have you heard the quote, the opposite of addiction is connection? Mm-hmm. That's so... For me, that's, like, super true because I was... I isolated... I mean, I isolate now, but I isolate hard when drinking, like, I don't mm -hmm. want to be around anyone. I just want to be by myself with music, my phone. Like, that's it. it pulled, like, and I remember having, you know, if I like look back to family events or something, I would be like, okay, like, I want to wrap this up so I can go drink. That's like a really sad thing to look back on. Mm -hmm. Just like being with people and wanting to get away. There was something I was going to bring up, but it's kind of controversial. I don't know if we should do it or not. <laughs> I guess we can always edit I mean, we, it out if we, we want need to. The, we need the clicks. Okay. So I went to Daybreaker this weekend, right? Mm -hmm. And I would say probably 70% of the people there were female. Mm -hmm. And then 30% were male. Mm -hmm. I don't know the percentage of non-binary, but I would say overall that was like roughly based off of presenting people. Um and it made me sad because then even the percentage, it's so much lower, you know, there's less males with it being like 30, 70 or whatever. Even of that 30%, only about half, so then now 15%, were actually like letting themselves go during this this thing this this yeah. daybreaker thing and like i don't know i guess this is kind of like off topic but like i'm just thinking is that's gotta be frustrating to like feel like you can't connect with people in the way that other like we were all like jumping around and being crazy and like like no one was really worried about like how cool we looked like we were just we were just dancing yeah. together and like there was just a lot of a lot of the men there they weren't i could tell like you can see it like they sure. they aren't they aren't letting themselves be 
it's like yeah. there's so much more to it in their head and it's like that sucks i don't think that's controversial um yeah i mean like i can speak to that as a as a man in the sober world mm-hmm. and like when i just think of a lot of my friends like i don't mind dancing like i i like dancing i like being silly the only time that i don't particularly like dancing is if it's like are you can you dance dance that's what mm. i don't like because it's like oh that's a lot of pressure right um but yeah i love being like silly and dancing and and all of that but for a lot of people it's just like like i would say this too i think men are naturally worse dancers and then so i think like it's a little more self-conscious because they know they're not good but why why are they worse dancers? Is because they 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 don't get to dance, growing up. I don't know if I would say I don't know actually, but like is it a nature or versus nurture situation? I think like women move their bodies better, like maybe and maybe that's because they're it's just because more in I touch. feel like it's because we feel like we have the freedom to. Yeah, that could be, but like, also I don't know if I could ever twerk like. I don't know, like <laughs> I don't know if I could ever get there. Amazing. I don't think anyone's expecting you to. I'm just but saying, I just like, mean... I think the bodies, I think they move differently. I mean, they definitely do. Yeah. Um, but there were some men there that were, they were just letting loose, you know, whatever. They some, didn't yeah, some guys can't. Like, I would say I'm a pretty decent dancer. Um, like, I, but I It's just have, like... The, the point of the daybreaker thing is like it being a safe space for us right. to all kind of like let go and just be ourselves and not judge ourselves and not worry about looking cool or being cool. Cause like in the bar, it's all about like, you know, being like sexy and like looking good and yeah. attracting attention. And it's like, this was just like, oh no, we're all just here because we want to be here. Um. And it just like made me, it it worries me, I should say. It worries me because all of these sober events that I go to, it is primarily women. And I'm like, yeah. there has to be guys out there that want connection in this space. It's just for some reason they feel like they they can't. I don't know. So I found a Casey, um, there's like a new case. I don't know if it's new, but there's like a, I just learned about it, like a Casey sobriety, young people club. Okay. I don't know if it's a club or whatever, but mm-hmm. like I, I was looking at their events and they had one this week and I was like, Ooh, maybe I'll go. And then it was like women only. I'm like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> Which is like, I get that too. Like, right. Creating space for, even if there's like a, a guy's night or a girl's night, whatever. Yeah. Um, I can see where there's comfort in that. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know if they do events that aren't for women. I know it's three women that host it or whatever. Mm. But I was, yeah, I, I don't know if they do events or not. But it's, I just, like, yeah, the the sobriety scene for guys is just, like, it might be another 10 years. It might, I don't know. Um, but, like, when you think of masculine male, it's, like, cigar and whiskey, so it almost plays True. into yeah it kind of plays into the the image a bit more and like I'll be I'll be honest like me as a a, a 
a sober man i if i meet a sober guy for the like i know nothing about him and i meet a sober guy and i meet a sober woman my brain is gonna say sober woman's cool she's like on this new trend i'm gonna think something's wrong with the guy like why are we like that i don't know why is that happening i don't want to have that thought i know yeah it's just like the first assumption i would have well and it also goes back to like a lot of the time um this is other people's words not mine but i've seen a lot of comments before of people saying like you know i tried aa and it was Mm -hmm. a lot of men sitting together yeah in a church basement where there's you know, coffee being served and people smoking cigs outside. Like that was that my is, experience. That was right. a hardcore my experience. Right, right. And it's like that is like, you know, slowly we're seeing that that is not the only type of sober space that exists. Right. And there's there young are... people rooms too. I, I went to like a I didn't know, but I went to an a specific room. Yeah, so like I don't know. Um, I guess it's just slow. I'm just, I'm hoping that it changes. I really am hoping that it changes. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, I'm glad that it's like us two on this podcast so that it's like yeah, more so, you know, everyone feels like they can, that they can listen and get, you know, our each of our perspectives, which, you know, obviously not only was our relationship with alcohol different, but like our sober journeys have been a lot different and we're Mm -hmm. different genders. So like our experience is just different. So, and I've had like another reason why like this, like worried me kind of after, you know, seeing those guys at Daybreaker, just like being just so reserved, just like so reserved. And, um, it's because I was just thinking I've gotten so many private DMS of like men being like, Hey, like, thanks for talking about this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I can like come to your page and watch your content and hear you talk about sobriety. Like no one in my life even knows that I'm sober. Damn. Like what? Yeah. That's, I don't think it should be like that, but also I'm just like really comfortable kind of airing shit out. You know, I almost like take big ownership in that in like all parts of my life that are kind of unique. I just want to take ownership in it and, and talk about it and all, but yeah, that's what are, what are you feel like are the benefits to you being open and, and honest with yourself? I think it makes me feel more comfortable. Like I would say the, the, the time that I realized this was like, and I don't know if you know this, but like, I have gay parents. Like my mom is with a woman and my dad's with a a man. I didn't know that. And yeah, I'll tell you that story later, but like they were together until I was like 10 and then they broke up or divorced. And then like Mm -hmm. they each got with their partner. But like growing up with that, I was always like a little like kind of embarrassed about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so once I finally owned that, I realized everyone was okay with it. Yeah. So then I kind of like carried that into other areas of my life where it's like, um, you know, if I have this that I think I'm like, maybe I'm embarrassed by it. Like I've realized if I just talk about it, no one's no one is like no one cares. 
Right. Or maybe like, oh, cool, like whatever. So, yeah, I just have like all these, like I would say the anxiety, like my parents, my drinking, like whatever it might be. I'm just okay talking about it because I know that there's like no shame in it. Do you feel like it sort of loses its power once you kind of like don't let it just live in your head? Not with drinking, but other things. Okay. Yeah, drinking... Like, the cravings have been hard the past month, like, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, drinking just, I think that'll, I think for 10 years I trained my brain. And, like, that could take 10 years to untrain. Yeah. So, that one, not necessarily. But other things, yeah, I could say that. Yeah, because that's, like, how I feel, at least with, like, my you know, whatever it is that I, I'm trying to work through. I feel mm. like it really, you know, lose, like, my depression. Like, it it loses its power over me once I speak it out loud and I communicate yeah. it to other people. Whereas, like, if I just keep it in, it can grow infinitely. There, There mm-hmm. is no, there's no, like, wall that it's going to hit. It, yeah. it can just keep growing. It can just keep getting bigger and it can be this bigger, bigger issue. Whereas like once I talk about it, once I get it out, then it kind of loses that ability to keep, to keep like. I get that. Cause you're not manifesting making... in that negative way. Yeah. You're not like creating stories in your head. Yeah. And I think for the, the beginning of sobriety was like that for me. Like when I first started thinking like, do I have a problem? Like, Mm -hmm. I remember I would talk to like one of my friends about it and yeah, it was just nice to have that space. But once you talk to a friend about it, you're definitely, it's kind of hard to drink in front of them. Like you've kind of aired that out. That That is the thing that that's the thing. It's like being vulnerable. It, um, you do kind of, speak it into reality yeah like it's not a thought anymore it's like an actual like it feels more tangible once you talk yeah. about it with and then you can person. decide what you want to do with it from there yeah or like you know navigate that yeah, yeah so i don't know i just like i'm hoping that as time goes on um men feel like they can more openly be speaking about these things because yeah just based off my lived experience it just feels like keeping it all in like that's just doing more harm like there's a there's a thing in our society of like be strong and like Mm -hmm. you know be like the opposite of like braveness would be like crying and being vulnerable it's like it's brave to keep it together and it's like not yeah not with my life (laughs) i feel like i've been the most brave when i when i just talk about things openly yeah for sure i think we should do that friend podcast episode that you're talking about where like one episode you bring on a friend that knew you and your drink and like i'll do that because i have a specific friend in mind that even just you saying that i want to bring on because like he kind of has his own story Mm. of like 
dealing with something that most, I don't know if he would want to talk about it, but like dealing something that most people, men don't deal with and like, right. Um, yeah, I think we should do that. Yeah, guys, do you think that's a good idea? We're thinking about bringing on one of our friends who's still cool with us, but has known us since our drinking days and kind of just like comparing what we're yeah. like, I guess, from then <laughs> to now. That'd be funny. That'd be funny. Well, well cool. You got to go. I do have to go. I'm sorry, guys. Um, this has been a good, good little combo here. We did um, it. But thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. Maybe we'll have a guest. I don't know. We're liars. We said we were going to have a guest two weeks ago. So We did. We did. Hey. All right. Peace.